0: This is a production by One and All Media. For more, head to
1: oneandall.media. We're in a series, you may have noticed, called At the Movies. And this series, we are taking four popular narratives and showing how every good story, every story that draws us in, really is a story of the gospel. The very best of stories resonate with us because they underpinnings relate to everyday life and living their themes the good stories the best of stories tug at our souls today 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 with Jeff Finds we are taking the gospel to the world
0: pastor apologist and bible teacher
1: one truth that will be delivered in love and compassion connecting every one person to all that god has promised them
0: Today. Today. Today with Jeff Fines. My name's Aaron and welcome back to Today with Jeff Vines, we started an episode last time looking at the movie 42. Now, why is Pastor Jeff talking about movies? Is he doing movie reviews? Well, no, we started a series titled At the Movies, and the whole premise is looking at how good fantasy stories actually correlate to the story of the gospel. To illustrate, Pastor Jeff is in Second Samuel chapter 17. If you missed the first part of this episode, or if you're a Star Wars fan and you missed the first episode in this series, you can find it wherever you listen to podcasts, just search for Today with Jeff Finds. Let's join Pastor Jeff as he continues to explain how good fantasy stories actually relate to the story of the gospel.
1: The truth is, folks, this is a dangerous fallen world. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And if you think you do, you've lost touch with reality. You know, folks, even paranoid people sometimes have people who are out to get them. Nobody's out to get you, why not? And Christians have their own version of Goliath courage. I'm a good Christian. I go to church. I read my Bible. I give 10%. I serve in ministries. I attend a life group. God would never allow anything bad to happen to me. What are you doing when you do that? You're building up your self-esteem. I'm a good person. You're visualizing the good. You're telling yourself you'll not suffer. You're banishing your fears through positive confession. Nothing bad will ever happen to you because you're good. You ever heard of John the Baptist? Chopped his head off. Ever heard of Jesus? Pretty good God crucified him. Every single disciple and apostle, murdered because they would not recant their faith. Really? Goliath took this approach, and he lost touch with reality. He said, Pastor Jeff, but why, why, why are you suggesting that Goliath is afraid? Goliath would have been well aware of all the battles the Israelites had already won because of their God. God had given the armies of Israel victories over their enemies, even though the enemies were more technologically advanced, bigger and stronger. He knew that. That's probably why he wanted the thing he could control. He thought to himself, I can't control the armies in the battle, but I can control me, and I'm big, bad, and ugly, and I always win. Send out one man. Send out a champion. We'll go one-on-one. But as he bolstered his self-esteem, he bolstered himself right into insanity. Because he should have known that God can work through one man just as well as he can work through thousands. The Goliath approach to fear only works in short bursts. What do I tell my friend Brett Mullen? It's all gonna be okay? I don't know that. Adrenaline's not gonna help him. When he wakes up, or when you wake up one day and your legs don't work, when you're deteriorating, when you lose your ability to speak, When you can't tell your husband or wife that you love him or her, when your body no longer does what your brain tells it to, that time will come for all of us. And I were to tell you it's going to be okay, how do I know that? And what's really interesting, this is not even the type of courage that we most admire anyway. The kind of courage that inspires us is the kind that does the right thing, keeps moving forward, presses on without knowing when and how and if it will all end. We're talking about D-Day courage, when you get out of the boat and storm the beach fully aware that you're probably going to die. How do you do that? Man, that's inspiring, and that's what makes 42 so powerful. That's what makes Jackie Robinson such a great champion. You got to read his autobiography. The movie's good, but do them both. He knew that by becoming the first Negro in Major League Baseball, it could mean the end of his life, the oppression of his family. But the thought that he could champion the cause of his people kept him moving forward despite the possibilities of death. And as a result, Jackie Robinson paved the way for integration, not just in Major League Baseball, folks, but perhaps all professional sports. Mr. Ricky asked Jackie Robinson, can you be strong, Jackie? Can you show great courage by not fighting back? Can you stand your ground when everything you hold precious is under attack, disintegrating, under fire? What's his response? Yes, I can. He told his wife, God built me to last. He's not talking about physical strength. He's talking about something that comes from way down deep inside. He was under no illusion. He did not banish his fears. The power of positive thinking was not going to change the racism he experienced. These dangers he faced, they were real and present dangers. He didn't puff himself up diminishing his fears. He moved forward doing the right thing despite the size of his fears. Hey, do you remember the Old Testament story? Just a quick version. Uh, Esther, she was absolutely terrified. Her people are on the verge of annihilation. Haman, an evil man, evil government official in the kingdom, was trying to commit genocide against her people. She needed to go and talk to the king because she had favor with the king, but you can't go into the king's court uninvited or it's certain death. Her uncle Mordecai said to her, Be courageous, Esther. You may receive favor from the king. You don't know. Be a champion for your people, even if it costs you your life. And Esther finally responds by saying, That's it. I'm going in. Now, that's a paraphrase. Pray for me. If I perish, I perish. If I perish, where do you get that kind of courage? I'm going in. I may die, but I'm going in. To be aware that the cancer may take your life, that this sickness may lead to death, that your commitment to your values may cost you your career, that life can bring poverty and disease and tragedy, betrayal, hardship, divorce, abandonment, all of those things, failure and loss, you keep moving forward. Every time, every single time, Jackie makes the right decision, he faces more hardship. More pressure on himself, more vitriol from the Brooklyn Dodgers or toward the Brooklyn Dodgers, more risks that his own family would perish at the hands of racism. In fact, the only thing more intense than the hatred emanating from the opposition was the hope emanating from the black community that Jackie would be their champion, that he would open the doors to a brave new world. Let me tell you, Jackie Robinson was deeply in touch with reality, and I'll tell you what Jackie never said, I will trust God and nothing bad will happen to me. Wait a minute, Pastor Jeff, I don't, I don't think I like where you're going with this. What's the use of being a Christ follower if I don't have any guarantees? I didn't say you didn't have any guarantees. Now, stay with me. Hey, I can say this, this weekend, we're rounding third. It's so appropriate, isn't it? We're rounding third, headed home. Who in the David and Goliath story should you and I identify with? Not David. He's the champion, not Goliath. You and I identify with the Israelites with our knees knocking, scared, frightened, because there's this giant that keeps threatening us first thing every morning. Dads, is that not our life? That's the life of a father. If it's not my boss or my health or COVID-19 or my children or my grandchildren or the 210 freeway, it's something else every day every day brings another giant. I started thinking a couple of weeks ago, you know, my mother died, and I know I've said this at age 61. I'm 57. All of my relatives die before the age of 60, just so you know. We just got bad hearts. Okay? What guarantee do I have that I'll live past 61? None. What guarantee do I have that I'll live tomorrow? None and I can shout, I will live to 75, I will live to 80, then I'll lose touch with reality. What, listen, what real guarantee do I have that my children and grandchildren will always walk with the Lord? None. So what does God give frightened people? A champion. Listen carefully. At first, it'll be confusing. I'll explain it, and it'll all be over. God does not deal with our fears through inspiration and emulation, but through substitution and imputation. God does not deal with our fears through inspiration and emulation, but through substitution and imputation. David is not an example for us. And he wasn't an example for the Israelites either. He doesn't say, okay, everybody, do what I do. Go down by the river, grab five smooth stones, take off all your armor, drop your shields, go in with your shields down. He obviously never saw Star Trek. Stand out in the open and fire. David's not their example. He's their champion. He's their savior. He's their deliverer. The best example I can give you of what both the Old and New Testament teach us concerning our relationship to God is a modern-day, believe it or not, lawyer, an advocate. How does our justice system work? We've gotten to the point it really doesn't matter if you're innocent or guilty, it matter who has the most money to have the most expensive lawyer. So if your lawyer's brilliant, his victory is imputed to you. If he's stupid, his defeat is imputed to you. You lose. David was not fighting for the Israelites, he was fighting as the Israelites. Meaning that God gave people, frightened people, not an example, but a champion, a savior. He did not save them through inspiration and emulation, but through substitution and imputation, and that's how he saves you and me. Jesus is our champion, not our example. He is an example of how we are to live our lives. Do you think you can live exactly like Jesus? Good luck with that. You need more than an example. You need a champion to champion your cause and you need someone to substitute his life for yours and then to impute what he accomplishes into you. His life and death then is credited to your account. You say, okay, Pastor Jeff, that's the gospel. I know that. How's that going to help me be courageous? Hold on. Hebrews chapter 12. After this long Hebrews chapter 11 where you have the faith hall of fame with all of these people who have lived by faith and died. Have you read Hebrews 11? They died. They were men and women of faith. They died. Some horrible death. Some were sought into, two, the Bible tells us. Some cut in half. And then the Bible says this, therefore, since we have or are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Guess what perfecter? It's the Greek word uh, archagos, it's the word for champion. What's the message? King David was a champion. He defeated the Philistines so the Israelites no longer needed to fear them. David stood in the gaps, the man between. Israel experienced the victory. David was their champion. His victory was imputed to them. Jackie Robinson, you think, how did Jackie get in here? He defeated the giant of segregation in baseball so that people of color could have equal opportunity. Because Jackie Robinson was a champion, he stood in the gap For people of color, his victory was imputed to so many after him, and as a result of his victory, the color barrier was broken or at least severely damaged. In fact, just a quick note. Do you know that during his—I didn't know this until I read the autobiography. During his 10-year career, 10 years in uh, Major League Baseball, Robinson won the inaugural Rookie of the Year. He was an all-star for six consecutive seasons. He won the National League Most Valuable Player. He played in six World Series. In 1997, Major League Baseball retired the number 42 across all Major League teams. That was the first time any professional athlete in any sport had his number retired. Every year on April 15th, Major League Baseball has declared it to be Jackie Robinson Day, and every player wears the number 42. And I tried to get one, but they're sold out. Jackie Robinson was indeed a great champion, and because he was willing to do the right thing in spite of his fears, although it could have cost him everything and he knew it, he secured an important victory for the life of this nation and people of color so that now 70% of all NFL players are black, 75% of all NBA players are black, and almost half of Major League Baseball consists now players or people of color. Jackie was a great champion whose victories have been imputed to so many after him. I know it's a long way to go, but are you getting the message yet? David stood in the middle and secured an Israelite victory. Jackie stood in the middle and secured a major victory in race equality, where a man was judged by his ability, not by the color of his skin. But now here's the end of the message, so we're sliding in home now. But in Jesus Christ, we have the greatest champion of all. Why do we fix our eyes on Him, and how does that help us live courageously in a world that can kill us? Well, what is your greatest fear, really? you got all these fears, but what's your greatest fear? Is it not death? What is the greatest giant that needs slaying? Is death pre-Christian, not the greatest enemy of all? And of all the champions in the world, whether fantasy or realistic fiction, Jesus is the ultimate champion because he stood between us and death and delivered the knockout punch. He cut the head off the snake so that now all your lesser fears are intimidated. And Psalm 35 sums up the gospel when it says, weeping may stay for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Don't you see, folks, true courage is not the absence of fear, but the presence of joy. Stay with me now. They were lowering my mom into the grave at the graveside under the tent. It was raining. I was seated there with my three brothers, and as the casket started lowering, all of a sudden, that's usually when it dawns on you your mother's gone. And I had been, I'm just tears, and suddenly, I just started laughing. Now not out loud. I was smiling giggling a little bit, my older brother punched me and said, hey, I don't know what your problem is. It's not appropriate. (laughs) I looked at him, and I said, oh, yeah, it is, because my mom's not in that box. And he smiled, and he told my older brother, Tony, and then my brother Tony passed it to Jody. Can you not live a fearless life when you know that ultimately you can never lose? If Jackie defeats the human enemy of segregation in baseball and sport, and Jesus defeats humanity's greatest enemy, death itself, how do I illustrate to you? How do I I tell you that there's nothing to fear? What guarantees do we have? We have the guarantee that our champion has power and authority over all things, and his power and authority his righteousness has been imputed to you and me. So that no matter what you're facing, do you realize that he can speak a word? Boom. If he wants to. He can speak a word. Done. And that he's righteous, which means his decisions are always just. And he's wise. Now, this is the crucial part. He's wise, which means we are people of the cross, which means that when everything seems lost, it's actually being won so that you can know with certainty that no matter what's going on in your life, God has the power, capacity, and authority to take it, weave it, and use it for His good. You and I simply don't have the mind of God. We don't know how to fit all the pieces together, but He does because He's our champion. And the reason you don't need to fear whatever it is you're facing is because no one can give you what you don't already have in Christ, and no one can take away from you anything that He hasn't already promised to give you. Don't you see? Weeping may stay for the night, but joy comes in the morning. We may tarry for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Yeah, you're going to have difficult times. Yeah, things are going to happen you can't explain. Yeah, I can give you no promise that you won't die tomorrow. But I can tell you this, your champion defeated death. So though a man or woman may die, yet shall they live. Yeah, but Jeff, what do you say to your friend Brett Mullen? What do you say to him? His life's falling apart. I say to him what he ended up saying to me a couple of days later. Jeff, I'm sorry. I was overwhelmed with emotion, and I do want you to ask God for a healing because I believe God can do all things, but I do understand that whatever I lose for the sake of Christ will be replaced to an infinitely greater degree," he said. I heard a pastor friend of mine say that once. Jim Elliott, he is no fool to give up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Jackie Robinson may have been a great champion, but even great champions need a champion. Do you know that he died at the age of 52? October 24, 1972, he had a heart attack at his home in Cleveland. He had championed the cause of his people, and now he desperately needed someone to champion his cause. The truth about all champions, no matter how great they are, eventually they die. Only one champion is the greatest champion of all time with respect to Muhammad Ali because he defeated sin, alienation, and death. His victory over sin and death has been imputed to you. It has been credited now to your account. Folks, a day is coming when your life will be threatened. Like my friend Brett, a day is coming for all of us when our legs won't move and our mind is failing. We cannot speak because death is near. How are you going to respond? And the answer to that, it depends on who or what your champion is the weaker your champion, the more fear you're going to have, and that's the problem right now. You see, if your champion is money and stuff, as long as you have enough money and stuff, you have no fear, one day it's going to do you no good. If it's people and praise of others and success, while it may be enjoyable, one day it's not going to do you any good. If it's your body and your strength, look at this, one day you can forget it. You can just forget it. But if your champion is Jesus, We may tarry for the night, but joy comes in the morning. And my message to fathers, what ultimate gift are you giving your children? Look, you can play sports with them. Good on you. You can have fun with the family. I'm proud of you. Great job. You can even give them wisdom to live by. Fantastic. But you know what they really need, right? They need to know they got a champion in their corner that will be with them long after you're gone and will sustain them through the most difficult parts of their lives. They need a champion that will last, and your greatest gift to your children is giving them something of eternal worth and value. You want to live courageously, you want to face your fears, not counterfeit fear, real real courage, not counterfeit courage, rather, but real courage? Fix your eyes on your champion who can speak the final word, who sometimes chooses to heal and bring restoration, who conquered death, and who has already made certain your victory. Father, thank you for a powerful movie and once again, the greatest stories point to the ultimate story. Jackie was a champion and because of that, we may not be completely there yet, but we've come so far where a man and a woman is no longer judged by the color of their skin, but the content of their character, their talents, their abilities, their passions. Father, thank you for our champion, Jesus Christ, who conquered the greatest fear of all so that now, now that the head has been cut off of the snake, all of our other fears have to run scared Because we know we will win, that the ultimate victory is ours because our champion defeated the ultimate, ultimate culprit and enemy, sin, death, and alienation from God. We praise you. We thank you for men like Jackie Robinson who give us an example or who are champions and who exhibit great courage and of David who's a champion for his people help us remember that all great champions point to the greatest champion of all time jesus christ our savior the lover of our soul the one who gives us courage to face every new day in his name i pray
0: you've been listening to today with jeff vines next time we'll bring you a new message from pastor jeff you can listen to more messages like this. Just search for Today with Jeff Vines wherever you listen to podcasts. You make me want to dance and sing with every single breath I bring. I will break this up. You are my one. You make a wonder. Today.
1: Today. Today.
0: Today. With Jeff Vines.